Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. So today, I've got a question to ask you, Celine. Mm-hmm. What is your Weltanschau? <laughs> well... Anyone out there that's watched Grimm, it sounds like some sort of like Grimm fairy tales creature, but I presume it's not that. So no, so it is German. So uh, that's a very niche television program that you're referencing. Well, no, there. it is, but then the, the the fairy tales are not that niche, are they? True. So yeah, so it is a German word, and it, it's translated literally um, into English as world view. Mm. Um, but Weltanschauung is one of those words that. We often use um, directly from the German um, in academia and so on, talking about the psychology of people and their worldview. Because somehow Weltanschauung says a bit more. It's a bit more in terms of not just seeing the world, like your worldview, but actually making sense of the world. So how you understand the world, what, what you know, what's, what's actually going on. And, I mean, this is very much kind of the the thing around our podcast really you know a little conversation that we play before every episode in that conversation you know I'm I'm asking you know trying to find what's going on and you say to me no one knows what's going on dad and um you know I think Weltanschauung is actually the attempt or we end up with a worldview a Weltanschauung that is um that attempt of trying to make sense of what the world is what reality is uh you know what's going on how we should interpret it and uh, then everything else that happens to us we tend to fit inside that Weltanschauung so we will interpret it based around that high level framework if you like that we uh, that we interpret the world so mm. what is your Weltanschauung um I guess like worldview wise like I generally um like left-leaning and social-minded but is that what it means well that's part of it so it could it incorporates your political views um and i guess political views would would also could go a bit deeper than that and say you know why do you hold views that you would describe as more left-leaning so if Mm -hmm. i was to ask you that question what would you what answers would you give for that um because generally I'm more concerned with people first ways of dealing with things rather than necessarily um, business first or capital first, I suppose. And why is that? Why do you think that's more important? Oh, because ultimately, well, I just, because I care about people and I don't necessarily care about big business. 
Right. So you think, so you're starting to create a kind of um, picture for me that you think that what's important is in life isn't about capital and um, money and possessions. Actually, people come first. So what's more important is people. And, and I, I'm going to start putting words in your mouth now because I want to expand upon it. Mm. Um, but um, maybe you think that's the case because um, happiness only comes through the relationships that you have with people. And actually people um, mm-hmm. um, on a very kind of spiritual level, if you like, people matter, whereas things don't maybe. Uh, why is that? Well, because, um, you know, we are social creatures. That's another part of your worldview we are actually social creatures we are happier when we um when we think about each other and when we work together in social groups um mm-hmm. so that's that's part of your Weltanschauung. um other people might think that actually what matters is that we are in a a world where you have to compete against each other so it's all about being competitive and um and getting what you want out of a situation because if you don't then you lose out and so it's that actually you see the world then through a competitive lens and you think that's what the world is all about and that might tie into other political affiliations um, or you know thinking about right-leaning people's um, Welt and show it might be that actually you know people on the right not I'm not talking extreme right but more right-leaning might think that actually what's best for people is for them to you know make decisions for themselves um stand up for themselves um not rely on other people to make life better for themselves to actually work hard and to you know to 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 achieve things and so on and so maybe things like reward material reward and so on are evidences of that um so you know it's it's obviously a worldview is a very complex thing. It's um, it takes years and years and years to build up and it, mm. it incorporates politics, religion, um, your feelings about your social world, your family, um, your, your beliefs about science and technology and um, philosophy and so on. So it's, it's all wrapped in to this big picture of the world that you have that we, we never kind of think about. It's just like, and we assume that our worldview, that our Weltanschauung is, is the right one and that everybody else has probably got something very similar. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do you, what's yours? (laughs) What's my Weltanschauung? Um, Mm. I mean, I think, I think as I've um, got older, uh, I mean, obviously it's a very difficult question to answer, which is why you struggled with it. But Mm. I think, you know, in striving to try and find the highest level or the simplest answer to that is um, that for me, um, life is, reality is physical in that, you know, we have a universe, we have things in the universe, uh, we are, as human beings, we are part of the animal kingdom, but we have a social life which makes us different to animals. And our intelligence is quite specific and peculiar to that. Um, 
And so to be happy, we need to work in harmony with that social nature of, of ourselves. Um, so I don't, I don't have a Weltanschauung that includes a God, for instance. I don't, I don't see everything through that worldview. So, so that here's a here's an interesting one that we can talk about because obviously, when you leave a religious group or religion, um, and you then become an atheist or an agnostic, you've massively switched in your worldview. So, what um, was, so that's one of the big things. What was the shift then? Do you want to talk about the shift? Hmm. So what was like? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What was yeah, the so shift? That's the best the question I can give. Great you. question. I like simple questions. Um, yeah. So a worldview that says that you know God created everything, and that He is a God that gets involved, if you like. So again, there's different worldviews around that. So you might believe that God. Yeah, something created as there was a first cause um, that is a personal creator, but then that's it. God's not interested anymore. He's done his work and he's now doing something else, you know? So some people believe that, you know, they don't know what it is, but they think there's some sort of God, but that's about as far as it goes. God's not that interested in us. And then another Weltanschauung might be that actually God is really interested in the earth and human beings. Um, and that's the one I suppose that as a Jehovah's Witness, I would believe. So as a JW, I thought that God created the universe, um, but that on this planet Earth, that some thing was playing out that was of cosmic significance. Um, and that's to do with God's sovereignty and, you know, whether whether his creation can actually make their own decisions or whether they need God to essentially tell them what to do um so the the weltanschauung of of a jehovah's witness is that god created the earth made man perfect man sinned which we talked about in our last podcast um man sinned which meant and that sin was essentially well it was disobedience but it was doing more than just being disobedient it was actually saying to god we don't need you to tell us what to do we want to make our own decisions that's that's what the Bible, certainly that's what the Jehovah's Witness interpretation of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And I think most sort of uh, Protestant uh, type religions think that in that uh, garden, essentially what, what God was saying was, you know, um, I'm going to give you this test and it, it's a symbol of whether you accept my sovereignty. Mm. And with man and woman, taking that fruit they were knowingly saying yeah actually we are not going to accept your sovereignty over us we are going to make decisions for ourselves so that's why jehovah's witnesses are very anti kind of independent thinking um they want they think that actually where man went wrong is that man started to think for himself and started to make his own decisions about you know what was good and bad right and wrong um the best way to live and so on um and so that's kind of why we're in the state we are so that's part of the worldview now that that gives birth to a whole set of interpretations about what's happening so why do we die well it's because of what happened in the garden of eden because otherwise we would have lived forever so mm -hmm. your your worldview about god and about his and about whether the bible is actually a historical 
document or an allegory that determines whether you think that man actually should make his own decisions, mankind, or whether men and women should do what God tells them to do, which obviously will determine whether you're going to look to a religious framework to tell you what's right and wrong, you know, what's moral, what's not. If you think the Bible is the place to go, then that's going to affect your views on things that the Bible talks about, such as sexuality, for instance, you know, um, uh, having sex outside of marriage, um, whether slavery is okay and so on. And these are things that the Bible talks about. So if you think that the Bible is the source of wisdom for these things, because that's God's way of telling us what to do, then you're going to follow what the Bible says about mm-hmm. that. And, and or you're likely to find some sort of religious group that claims to be able to interpret this stuff for us and tell us what what it all means so that we can make sure we do the right thing um, look around the earth and think about all the things that are happening wars um, illnesses sicknesses pandemics um, food shortages the ecological collapse and so on if you look at it through the Weltanschauung of a fundamentalist Christian or Jehovah's Witness, it means something very different to oh, yeah. if you're like an atheist. When everyone we talk to, when there's bad things happening, they were like, oh, the end is coming. Oh, no. Um, when it's Absolutely. like, um, versus us being like, oh, climate change is happening as a result of humans' bad behavior you yeah, know, that's to right. the planet. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it's it's incredibly important to be aware of this this thing, this this complex web of beliefs that support each other and that sit with each other. I mean, we 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 probably can hold contradictory ideas within our Velton shell, um, but if they get too that contradictory, is, yeah, then we have problems. Mm, what like what problems? Just well, that's where the cognitive like... dissonance comes in. So that's that's where cognitive dissonance hits. So if um, if you think of the Weltanschauung as being that all of these this network of personal attitudes, beliefs, understandings of what we see the world to be and what we think is going on, um, when we have two beliefs that that contradict each other, then we've got a problem in our Weltanschauung. We have. Mm-hmm. We have a belief that it's both um, good to do something and also bad to do something. Um, let's see if I can think of an example. Shunning? Um, yeah, okay. Shunning um, is a, a good example of that. So, yeah. So, on the one hand, God is a God of love and forgiveness. And actually, perhaps related to shunning is apostasy so jehovah's witnesses love apostasy they think it's great because that's what they try to get other people to do every time they go on the field service or they write a letter they're trying to get them to leave their own religion and become a jehovah's witness and Mm -hmm. so they they're trying to make apostates of them so you know if they happen to be catholic or Muslim or whatever, then they want them to be to apostatize from that and join Jehovah's Witnesses. But 
On the other hand, leaving Jehovah's Witnesses and becoming an apostate from that is considered, you know, one of the worst things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's there's cognitive dissonance there. It doesn't make sense, really. How can it? How can it be okay to try and change somebody's religion, but on the other hand, not be okay for you to change yours? Um, so there's lots of contradictory things. Uh, another one is the view of death. I think the view of death was always contradictory as a Jehovah's Witness. So on the one hand, you know, death is the enemy. It's a terrible thing and we all mourn because that's a natural thing. And we, the Bible also says to, you know, that it's completely right to mourn people who've died. But on the other hand, it kind of guarantees them a resurrection in the new system without having to go through yeah. them again. So why mm. aren't people happy about it really? You know? Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that's yours for you. That doesn't make sense, you know, and that was always mm. a, an area of cognitive dissonance. So I think that's where you get these conflicting um, views that, that interfere with a nice, beautifully rounded worldview. But I think we've all got that to some degree. Um, we all have some contradictions. I know I do. And sometimes you pull me up about them. I can't remember any at the top, off the top of my head, mm. but sometimes you do. Uh, point them out my good work <laughs> my good and important work if i think you want i'll i'll um i'll talk yeah. about it um so that's um that's the theory if you like that's the the definition did you um, say why you're using this word or did you is it just because you find it fun to say? and it is a mm. lovely word to say it rolls off the tongue um mm-hmm. i did say it's because in in the German, it has a bit more of a, a sense of um, this, not just having a view of the world, but really understanding it, you know, so you're much more invested. And as far as I know, I'm not um, I'm not an etymologist, but um, so far as I understand it, worldview is just an attempt at translating the German word. So it's not a word we invented. It's, um, it's literally a... a transliteration from Weltanschauung so that's why we say worldview mm. um, but um, but yeah yeah whatever so, in terms of the English it just normally mm. is used in terms of politics so it was interesting how far it expands out yeah yeah so worldview um, it, it feels a bit lighter doesn't it, it just doesn't seem to have mm. the same heft somehow um, and it is used in the academic work so I've even used it in my dissertation because it's used in other um, mm-hmm. literature about worldviews so obviously of particular interest to people coming out of cults or high control groups because you have that worldview created for you very complex system of beliefs um, likes dislikes fears hopes and so on and and again your understanding of what's happening in the world will be determined by this framework that has been provided for you so if you've been raised in that group, which again is why I think it's so important to talk about born-ins experiences. Mm. If you've been raised in that group, then you have had that Weltanschauung built for you, or at least you've constructed it based on what you've been told over those years. And it's really well designed. You know, you've, you've, you've done a lot of work to it over the 20, 30 years that you've been within that, that worldview when you leave, as we say in our introductory bit on our podcast, you know, you've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot mm-hmm. to think about. What should I think about this thing and that thing and the other thing? Because 
the fabric of your worldview has basically fallen apart, or at least to some degree. So I, I think part of the, um, the, the process of getting better, the process of uh, recovering, I'm not talking trauma so much here. I'm talking about making sense of the world. I think part of that job is, is to do that work, is to create those new connections, to, to interpret things differently. Um, and, and then you start to find that you can, uh, you, it, it makes more sense now to you. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think and the other thing I, I, I suppose I would say about this is, is a lot of people as they get older, and become quite frightened of the world that the world is stranger and stranger and more terrifying because it doesn't fit in with with their with their worldview and what they think reality is i was listening to a guy a couple of days ago on um on a youtube channel it's actually somebody on a a news program but he was kind of saying the world's gone mad you know this is madness the world is in the grip of madness look at all mm-hmm. these mad things that are happening and whilst some of the things he was talking about i can kind of sympathize with him i think quite a lot was just him getting quite scared about shifting values and and morals and so on when i was growing up living together was was very that was terrifying. You know, why would a man and woman live together without getting married? You know, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of scandalous if you ever saw that. Um, uh, now that perhaps practice. Yeah. Probably, you know, you think about, um, uh, uh, we've talked about LGBTQ issues quite a lot. And, you know, there's a good example again. Well, people are really confused about at the moment. Like, most people are like it's going mad. There's too many genders now. I don't yeah, know what it, to yeah. do. And it's like, yeah. just calm down. <laughs> like they seem to get more mad than the people that are like, oh, if you wouldn't mind, could you say they? And they're like, it's not grammatically correct. And that's the way I'll get out of it. Yeah. So I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to sort of maybe broach this subject a bit because I think this is a good example of of kind of the um of the shifting nature of of society and how that interferes with people's Weltanschauung and that's when they get angry or frightened um and probably both so i thought perhaps in order to do that i'd i'd throw in a couple more funky words mm. um that i've kind of wanted to get into this podcast for a while i didn't quite know how to do it um, and that is uh, uh, ontology and epistemology. Right. You'll so have you come, your definitions. Have you come across these before? Uh, I think so, but in like media, but not mm. like, because obviously there's half of my degree was modern and half was like, and now we read, you know, the Iliad. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. The um, more sort of philosophical terms that are then um brought into science and um methods of research it's probably a bit different to creative subjects but anyway um let's um let's just do a bit of definition now these are known to be difficult kind of concepts to get your head around but they're really worthwhile um so basically ontology is the theory or philosophy of what is mm. uh Right, Siri has just decided to tell me all about ontology for for no oh. apparent reason. 
Oh, I guess you heard you say definition. Yeah, must have. Uh, no, Siri, stop. Hey, f stop. There's nothing to stop here. Uh, <laughs> that's so terrifying. <laughs> oh, it's the other Siri. My God, multiple series <laughs> ganging up on me. <laughs> this is what happens when you leave the um, the haste on. Oh, oh no, mine did it. <laughs> oh God! Right. Anyway, so ontology. Ontology is the is the theory of being or philosophy of what is. So, what is reality is is really at the core of ontological questions. So, you know, do we live? Um, uh, so, I suppose the the original ontology or ontological question is, you know, um, is reality real or is it just a dream? Mm. That that's an ontological question, you know. Do so we what, live on the back of the flying tortoise, like practice exactly, said? <laughs> exactly. So, what is reality? Um, that, so that's ontology, and then epistemology is how you get to know about that reality. So, how can I know about that stuff? How can what's the best way for me to understand the nature of that thing of that reality? So, if ontology is a study of being. Epistemology is the study of knowing what it is to be, or what reality is. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Um, so I'll give you some examples. Now, I'm going to be um, upfront about where I've got some of these examples from because I found a really good website. I mean, I, I studied this on, on my courses, but there's a lovely little YouTube video that I'm going to stick the notes on. Um, stick the link on in the notes and it's by a woman called Lynette Pretorius and it's called Academic Language and Literacy and I'll put the link on it so it's a really nice way of, of framing it so she gives three examples of ontology so one example of an ontology is that there is only one single reality or truth so the, there's reality and that's it so mm. basically what that leads us to thinking is that um, that if we want to understand reality, we need to understand what's out there in the world. So this reality is out there, whether we're here or not, that reality is out there and there's only one reality. Whether we understand it or not doesn't matter. It's there. So it's got, in a sense, it's got nothing to do with us. We can learn about it. We can understand it. Um, but it's not dependent upon us understanding it, whether it exists or not. Mm. So that's one way of understanding existence. Um, a second way is that there are multiple realities and that actually there isn't a single objective reality. There isn't a reality that everybody can agree that actually exists. So in some respects, we as human beings construct reality um based on on our own abilities so the, again there's some sort of strong and weak versions of this but essentially what they're saying is that it's pointless talking about reality we construct reality so right. reality wouldn't exist if it wasn't for um some sort of intelligence that constructs it Otherwise, there's no point in talking about reality. So reality is all about 
the way that it's it's constructed yeah. by intelligent beings. I'll have to try and read this book. I, I keep stopping because life happens, but there's a book that I have because it's interesting called Picnic, Lightning that's basically mm. about understanding reality and how, and like, yeah, he uses, he, he basically his parents uh, have passed and he's talking about like that interspersed with, you know, some very, quite dense sort of, neuroscience or psychology mm. or political science and then it'll be you know saying how reality is weird because in your head you'll see something and be like oh mum would like that but mum is no more so mm. do you know what I mean so it's like this this sort of weird in his head it's like her likes and dislikes still exist and he knows what she would like and not like but she's mm. not there anymore interesting yeah I mean uh, I suppose well, I'm going to come back to some examples, but yeah, um, sounds like a good book. I might nick it up off you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the third um, example of an ontology is that reality is constantly negotiated, interpreted, or debated. Um, so it's a bit. That's a bit like the other one that there are multiple realities, um, because again, this depends on the individual, if you like. But I think. I think this this is a bit more saying that you know there might be a reality out there, mm. but that it our way of understanding it, our way of interpreting it, is negotiated and discussed and debated, um, and then you know we come to a, a an agreed conclusion of what we think is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're three different types of ontology, and then we think about how epistemology might relate to that so ontology is about being so let's take the easiest one to think about for the first one so let's say we have an ontological position that says there is only one reality um, or truth that exists and we there is an objective reality that we can talk about that's out there in the world separate to us that will exist whether we're here or not or any intelligent being is there to describe Mm. it so that's the first one that's that's an ontology now an epistemology from that is that if we want to understand that reality then we need to find reliable tools and mechanisms to measure that reality so it's like you're able to get a ruler and measure it Mm. and say well that thing you know we'll we'll have a standard for how big that thing is and we'll get a ruler and we'll measure it and that tells us now how how big or small that thing is um but if we weren't around that thing would still be 12 foot it's just that 12 foot wouldn't really mean anything but it would still be that same length even if we didn't exist um so what we're trying to do there is be objective and find tools techniques to measure to observe and then measure that external reality so that puts us in a if you think about what that does though to human beings that puts us in a kind of godlike position in a way because that means that we are observers outside of the universe measuring mm-hmm. the universe does mm-hmm. that make sense that's one like of the we challenges don't have an impact on it exactly yeah. that's but one of the obviously we do though because when we exactly yeah when we measure stuff there is there's something else going on isn't there so yeah well, well let's not get into quantum uh f- 
physics and uh, mm-hmm. and the slit experiment. I do want to talk about the slit experiment one day, um, mm-hmm. if I can find a way of explaining it on a podcast without any pictures. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so that that's that's hopefully makes sense. So our on, the ontology might be that there is a, an external reality out there. And the way to study that, the epistemology, would be to find good tools to measure it. And if you think about cosmology, for instance, that's the way it works, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. we we believe that there is an external universe, that whether we're looking at it or not, it's there. And so we need to get good tools to be able to look at it. And that that's why we get better telescopes and we, we measure um, through looking at light waves and radio waves and so on. And we can get an understanding of the universe based around this kind of observation and measurement. So it works really well for those types of hard sciences, like physics and like chemistry and like cosmology and all of that. Um, that's a, and that's, so that's actually called positivism. And so in terms of a paradigm, that's called positivism. So there's only one truth. Um, we can measure that. There's only one reality. We can measure that using tools, um, and everybody can agree that that is the reality that is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's your worldview. Now, if you have that worldview around stars and ball bearings and giraffes, um, the next question is: Can you apply that to the social world? And this is, I think, where we where we have difficulties and where we have lots of arguments. Yeah, because I moment. nodded and then my brain, like, and then I looked confused for the audience there. So, <laughs> I like, mm, yeah, I hope yeah. this isn't going too geeky, you know. Um, um, we'll have to listen back to it and work out whether it's... Um, hang in there, listeners. Um, just vibe with you, like, while you're doing your vibe. vacuuming or something, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it was yeah. sinking somewhere. <laughs> um. So if you think about social science or questions of social reality, so let's let's give an example of something like uh, a party. So let's let's say, you know, is a party real? Is there such thing as a party? Mm. Um well, you know, I could say um, well, yeah, obviously there's such thing as a party. We talk about parties. People get invited to parties. You can go to a party. Yes, party is real. But another way of describing a party might be that, you know, there are people inside a room, um, maybe drinking alcohol, maybe loud music, but then actually could be outside and maybe there's no music, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just... So actually there isn't one accepted objective reality called party and you can start to say this (laughs) you can start to say the same things for other social constructs like so i'm going to get controversial here like father for instance or dad even so is 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 there such thing as a father well biologically yes but then people's role as father can be very different and again you know maybe you've adopted so are you not a father if you've not physically um it's not from your genes well i would argue that you can still be a father so what is a father then well a father is 
in my view, this and this and this, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. but another person might think it's some other things. So, so we can argue about what it means to be a father or a dad. Um, and therefore I think it gets more difficult to see, I have a Weltanschauung that is, that there is only one single reality when it comes to social questions like what is a party what is a company what is a business what is a religion mm. what is a cult this is why these questions are so difficult because they're not like measuring ball bearings or planets or giraffes it's about trying to understand what we think we mean when we talk about this so in that respect i think the social world is to a large degree constructed and that's where we have arguments about things like sex and gender for instance you know so if you come from a very positivist position on the social world let's say then you would say look there's men and there's women men have this equipment women have that equipment and that's that's the way it's always been um and you know that's that's the that's the reality that is the reality that everybody can see. Um, mm. So you're coming from a a positivist position well, there. Yeah, the place the place I see that a lot is when people go, "That's just science," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. So you know, so so a scientist might reply, "Yes, that is." So they might also come from a positivist mm-hmm. position, but other scientists might say, "Well." Actually, if you are measuring things like gender, obviously um, sexual uh, organs are one thing, but also you need to measure hormones and you need to measure this, you need to measure that and so on and so on. And that's that's why there is disagreement about whether we can say mm. that it is quite so binary. Now, I, I don't really want to get into that argument today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the point. But the, what I'm trying to say is the reason why people disagree is because they're either taking a positive stance, which is saying there is this external reality called sex and gender. They're the same thing. Therefore, um, this is what I think. Or you're coming from a constructivist position, which says um, actually uh, these social ideas about what's male, female, and so on and so on are rooted in our social beliefs and we created them ourselves mm-hmm. um now again I, i'm not coming down on either side of that in this conversation i just want to highlight why it is that people seem unable to even discuss this question and the reason why it's so i think emotive is because it does key in to your weltanschauung mm. And your worldview, your Weltanschauung, is very precious to you. Because if you start losing it, it makes you anxious. If you start getting holes in that worldview, if you start finding contradictory ideas, too many of those, then it makes us anxious, which is why leaving a high control group, which has a certain Weltanschauung, is difficult because you're having to unpick that web of set of beliefs that make up your worldview. And that is frightening. 
And that's why I think it's really important to talk about some of the things that we do on this podcast, because that's a way of us trying to kind of build a new one. Um, but that's why I think people get so angry and upset about it, because it's tied into their worldview. And of course, part of your worldview is also your own identity and what you believe about that identity. Um, so that is also part of your Weltanschau and how your identity fits in to the rest of the world and your assumptions, what you think is true and how you think that affects you and you're making your way in the world. So that's where I think, again, anger comes in. Yeah, somebody starts questioning things that perhaps are part of your worldview, like perhaps sexuality. So older generations would had would have a very visceral reaction to somebody maybe who was gay or even younger people do still, unfortunately. Um, why are they getting so angry? Why, what's, why is that affecting them? You know, they're not doing them any harm. They're not trying to make them gay. Why are they getting so angry? Well, I think part of the reason they're getting angry is because it's for them, it's interfering with their worldview and it's, it's making them anxious because they're trying, they can't make sense of the world. And so I think that's behind a lot of the political angst at the moment around left and right, around, um, you know, particularly in the States, but also in this country as well, left and right. And um, uh, yeah, things like transgender rights and things like conspiracy theories and so on. I think, I think it all, it's all about this. It's all mm -hmm. basically revolves around people's worldview and how it affects them. Wow. It's a big episode, isn't it? <laughs> it's just me basically droning on no. about, about long words. <laughs> Have you enjoyed this week's episode? <laughs> yeah, I tell it. Um, the, what else? There was something else I was going to say about this that I thought was kind of relevant. Oh, yeah. So I was going to bring up another um, dangerous area, which is vaccinations. So... It's just like the let's trigger just, episode. Let's shove them all out. Um, so, I, I, first of all, again, I don't really want to wade into to this argument. Um, I think it's a matter for each individual. Um, I, obviously, I, I believe that vaccinating is absolutely the best thing to do. Um, there's a small risk involved in side effects for vaccinations there's a much bigger risk getting a disease that carries with it um, a greater risk so overall the risk is lower if you have the vaccine that's my view that's the view of the scientists that have developed it and that uh, the medical profession um, as well so that's that's my view so obviously yeah. I'll, I'll be honest coming, about that you're listening to a podcast of people that um, wanted the vaccine and have both of the vaccine correct yeah um but i think if your worldview because my question i've asked a few times over the last couple of weeks is why is it that people certain people and you know a non-trivial amount of people will prefer to take a medicine that's developed for horses but will refuse a vaccine that's developed specifically for this job now again forget about the development and um efficacy but i just think why would you do it why would you prefer to take horse medicine than a vaccine and 
and Which I think horse medicine. What are we? Isn't this this invermectin? I think this invermectin that people are taking is actually a horse medicine. Oh, I thought you were talking about drugs. I thought you were talking about like, why would people rather take ket? <laughs> then uh, and I was like, a strange comparison, but I'm with you now. So invermectin is a medicine used to treat parasites, such right. as intestinal parasites in animals. Um, so that's that's the um, that's the reason for it, and there's no um, evidence that that it actually helps with with um, COVID nineteen. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that it's impossible, mm. but there's no evidence for it, and we've got this vaccine that we've developed specifically for the purpose. Yeah. So you know, logically, you think, well, I'm going to have that one because that one is the one that's for that mm-hmm. it's like you know anyway that i think that's explained. so w- yeah. w- my question is why would you rather do that why would you rather take um something that's not designed for it than something that was designed for it? And, but i think this again comes down to the worldview of the individual so if your worldview is that um there's this kind of set of elites that have this these ulterior motives that are trying to hurt us then I guess it, it's perfectly logical to think, well, if, if they are telling us to take this, then I don't want to take this. I'd rather take something else. So in that respect, it kind of makes sense, if you see what I mean. So it, it our worldview does matter. It has big implications. I mean, we know that because, obviously, religious beliefs, you know, if I believe that, well, when people believe that 1975 was going to be the end of the world, some of them sold their belongings. You know, well, our beliefs affect. That, yeah, when you believe that the world, that there was going to be Armageddon, exactly. what's the point in your kids being educated properly? Exactly. Or why so would it, you? Why would you care about climate change when the world will explode soon anyway? And we'll get a new one. So. Yeah, actually, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute because we've had a comment on our um, Apple um comments page um but um not not a fan really because they uh they're a current jehovah's witness so um oh, we really? can talk about that yeah oh, no. um, but having said that you know that's great that that people are engaging so i, I don't have a problem with that at all mm. um yeah so so yeah i think it, it does matter um and it affects other things that that we do and other decisions that we make and so our Weltanschauung is important and we need to develop it um, using what I would suggest are critical thinking skills. So yeah, it's kind of what we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. uh, weighing up the evidence and making our decision. For me, I, I think when it comes to the physical world, um, then positivism seems like a perfectly sensible way to go. You know, I think there are tables and chairs in the world, whether you know, I'm there to see them or not. I think there are stars and planets and they're doing their thing, whether I am there to observe it or not. But when it comes to the social world, I think that we do need to understand that a lot of those concepts are socially constructed. So I think, I think I'm a pragmatist when it comes down to it. I think it is about using the right way of thinking about something, depending on what it is you're looking at. Mm-hmm. that's oh. my particular view but you know i'm happy to uh debate and discuss 
Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like my Stranger. brain has been blown into another universe. Um, you know, before we started this one, I was like, "Oh, I've got a bit of a got a bit of a tummy ache today." Um, you know, I've had a little nap. I'm ready to roll. We can do this, and I'm like, Whew. "Blown." Cool. Mind blown. All right. Very good. Um, good. So, uh, I tweet of the week. Should we talk about tweet of the week? Sure thing. Tweet of the week. Of the week, tweet 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 of the week. Oh, oh it was a nice, it's a, at least they say things like all the best, and they gave it a three out of five, to be fair. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that first, then, shall we? So I suppose tweet of the week's a bit of a um, a misnomer, really, because I haven't yeah, but we use it for... got a tweet. But yeah, um, there's a, a comment on our Apple comment section, um, which is very polite, actually. Um, yeah, no, it is, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. So it comes from a current Jehovah's Witness. I've lost it, so maybe you could read it. Somewhere. Okay. Um, I'll read it. This is kind of my first time reading it because I didn't know we had a new one. Um, I just sort of skimmed it quickly. Um, So I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses and I've never shirked my responsibility towards climate change. I've always taken it very seriously and I do believe Jehovah will bring a change. But I know that if we are thoughtful, sensitive and intelligent, we would uh, we still would help in a practical way and uh, and this planet. I'm an independent thinker, and yet I still believe God's standards are the best standards to live by. That's got nothing to do with the organisation. I noticed and learnt from very young that it's not true that people are just hedonistic. It's so true what you're saying that this attitude is so wrong. But if witnesses are true to Jehovah, really true, they won't judge people. Unfortunately, people are judgmental inside and outside the organisation. The ruination of the earth will stop as Bible prophecy foretells, but we can do as much as we can do and put efforts in for climate change. I certainly will be doing that all the best. Well, I didn't realize there was all that in there. It's funny on, on my computer. I can't see most of that. I, I just saw oh, can the you not? top bit. No. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's a really thoughtful comment. And, um, Whilst obviously we're we're looking for fives, <laughs> mm, but it is a three um, star. So it's it's a three, and um, I respect the fact that somebody's taken the time to to make those comments. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Elods nine one one, I think, is their um, their handle. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I suppose my my the only thing I would say is the independent think of it. I, I'm I'm quite I'm quite intrigued by that. Because um, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, that I remember being told that we we shouldn't be. Um, but um, but yeah, I respect you for that absolutely. Thank you. Cool. And the other thing I will say on um, while we've got a moment is um, I appeared on a podcast or I recorded a podcast podcast yesterday as a guest. That will be coming up shortly by. Um, the Free Thought Profits podcast. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully that'll be out soon and I'll let everybody know when that's going to happen. Nice. Tweet of the week. 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 Tweet
of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Cool. Awesome. All right then. Have we done it? I think we've done it. I think we've blown everyone's brains appropriately. Good. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope it wasn't too um, too deep and uh, and impenetrable. Um, if you want to talk more about it, then then obviously please do. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Um, and also leave your um, review. We want we want more yeah, reviews. More They're of those reviews. Good. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, don't forget to think about being a patron. It's only a quid. So in in English um, in in the UK, a quid is what we call a pound. I'm sure you know that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a dollar fifty, um, euro twenty. So uh, it's a very small amount, but it, it does give you access to lots of stuff. We recently did a video, so we always do a, a video summary of the month, so you get to laugh at our faces. Um, so be a patron, and then you can do that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I thank I'd you very make much a for that. So you won't you do. Be <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. See you Bye. next time. Bye. What should I think about is an evil sheep production. <laughs>